What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Three Tens Up Podcast. I'm Andrew, and I'm here once again with Raz and Tom's. It's been a little while. How's it going, fellas? It's good. Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. We had heartbreak happen a couple weeks ago. Uh, record a killer podcast. It's always it's always on the good ones too. Um, ah, God damn lost, it! Yeah, lost everything from uh, Gasly's win. And had a really nice debate about Italy and just the unpredictability of the sport and just probably the gem of the gem of the season so far mm. with Monza and looking on to, uh, was it the Tuscan Grand Prix? Yeah, Mugello. Mugello. Yeah. So, yeah, don't have that. But we did have the Russian Grand Prix. Definitely not the same, but uh, we definitely had a race this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Botas takes the win with Verstappen and uh, Hamilton in tow. Yep. And, I mean, we'll just kind of start off from there. What do you guys think of the race? The big talking point was uh, Hamilton's penalty. So I guess we'll kind of start off with that. Well, I'd, I'd actually start off with what happened yesterday in qualifying. All right, let's do that. Because that's what set this race up, in a sense. If you look at it objectively, without any, you know, favoritism or bias or... <laughs> um, it was uh, Seb's accident in Q2, which basically changed Hamilton, dictated Hamilton's strategy, right? Now, I don't know. I know some people are going to say, oh, Ferrari playing 4D chess, right? You know, <laughs> knowing ahead of time that... <laughs> Because uh, Hamilton's run was ruined, and he only got one run in at the end for the um, uh, on the soft tires to get through to Q3. Now Bottas, whereas Bottas and and Max Verstappen both got through to Q3 on the medium, so they were always going to be in at an advantage today because the temperature was hotter, the medium tire could run you know longer, harder, you know all that stuff. So um, given that. And taking the penalty out of the equation, right, for now, we'll get onto that later. Um, also, looking at the uh, times that, uh, the, the finishing order and the finishing time, the, the gaps between uh, Bottas and Hamilton and Verstappen in the middle, you would have said, you could see that both, um, uh, well, Hamilton would have finished third regardless, you know, in, in, on that basis of the tyre choice. But we'll dive into the penalty penalties, should I say? Uh, it was an infringement on behalf of the uh, well, from the team to the driver um, of the event-specific um, notes uh, given out by the race director. Um, each event has its own specific uh, requirements and um, you know notes that are given um, to well, all of us. Uh, uh, as a scrutineer for for Spa, we were told certain things. You know, it's like yeah, it's for this race onwards, and we get a special sheet from the FIA with specific instructions. Um, so yeah, you know, and those have to be adhered to, and and we get told all teams know this as well. However, in this case, uh, Mercedes um, failed to inform Hamilton of the correct procedure. I think that's the best way of putting it. Okay, because it was. Uh, it was later on found out that um, it was the team 
um, on the radio that said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You could park up there, mate, and do your practice start from there. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's what caused the penalty. And it was on the reconnaissance lap. Um, usually uh, the top teams usually do a couple of reconnaissance laps before they go to the grid. Uh, the reconnaissance laps are well, pretty boring. And um, what they usually do is, is just system checks to make sure, you know, uh, the car is working fine to the grid. It's a shakedown. And, yeah, it's, it's essentially a shakedown. It's like what happened to Carlos Sainz at Spa, uh, where he didn't even make it to the grid because something happened with his gearbox, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it was on the reconnaissance lap. He found out that, oh, shit, my car's not working properly. So he had to run back in. So usually they do two, a, a couple of laps. You know, they go through the pit lane and then they do a practice start at the end. Um, tracks like Spa and other places usually have a designated grid slot yeah Yeah. spot it's it's essentially a grid slot because you've got the um white marking where where you park where you're supposed to park the car up do your launch and off you go all right unfortunately in sochi it's not there in the pit lane exit there is no designated spot all the event notes said was that make sure you're on the right hand side of the white line that separates the pit exit and the wall so you've really got to be right on the right-hand side. But it looks like from the footage and obviously on the radio, and this is after the um, pit lane exit light, that's where it is, you know. Um, Hamilton was in the wrong place, effectively, twice. <laughs> so so there was a massive cock-up right there. And then obviously the stewards uh, had to make the decision. They initially made the decision that basically, like, you know, caught everyone by surprise as as to um you know the uh, penalty points as well as the um five seconds uh, added to the time uh, for each penalty each offense um the thing is because it's the reconnaissance lap because it's pre-grid no one really looks at it no one covers it you know do you ever see do you do you guys actually watch the reconnaissance laps when they go out to the no. grid yeah, no, 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 exactly. Yeah, the only people that actually see it are the people there. So the fans, the scrutineers, the teams, and the marshals, and everyone else. You're right. The only time a reconnaissance lap got covered was this year, was when Max Verstappen had his accident in um, uh, Hungary. You know, on the way to the grid, and that was something else. But yeah, really, it's one of those really tedious technical procedures that everyone follows but you know having done the infringement well mercedes giving him the wrong instructions um it's a penalty it's simple you know you 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 broke the rules that's that's it you know the rules are there for a reason that's why it's 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 a it's a competition you know you've got to compete within yeah i just yeah yeah. i just think it was like frustration and everything for him i think it's 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 fair enough but they did. They gave them two penalty points, one for each, and now they've taken it away. Yeah. So he was what two two points from a race ban, and now he's four again. Yeah. Now he's four again. Yeah. So exactly. I think that was. Well, I think however, that was the however, big, big thing did, with the, yeah, go ahead. It did later on leak from Mika Salo, one of the scrutin, uh, one of the stewards, that they were going to give him two penalty points per. Infringement. That's, that's really excessive. He would have basically been banned for the Nurburgring. 
<laughs> yeah, that would I mean, that would have been really that would have that would have spiced up the championship to no end, right? I mean, it would have been unfair been... too. No, like, I mean, I yeah, that's that's harsh, so extreme. Harsh. And well, Mika Salo has always kind of been like this. I don't know. Every time he scrutineers, I feel like it's something. Something's gonna happen. Yeah, something's gonna happen. Like he he likes to stir the pot. Um, <laughs> well, all right, all right, all right. Let me put on my tinfoil hat for a minute. Okay, I'm just going to put it on. I'll, I'll interrupt you there. Where was uh, Mika Salo driving? Which team did he drive with? Which championship winning team? did? Who did he sub for in 1999? Michael. Michael Schumacher. Ferrari. Exactly. So here we go. Ferrari international assistants, you know, <laughs> Ferrari playing 4D chess and all that shit, you know, get that rumor mill started. <laughs> and Raz, Raz, and Raz, the best part is he's finished. So is Valtteri. There you go. Yes, exactly. So that's the other thing. Yep, yep. There you go. Right. And 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 is it me or do do the Russians and the Finns have a good thing going as well? So, <laughs> yep, we're going full conspiracy here. You know and that kind of thing. So yeah, Mika Salo wanted Valtteri Bottas to win. So yeah, that's basically. Segway. Yeah. <laughs> Segway. Go on. Carry on. You take yeah. it from there. Um, I'm gonna have Tom's have the ropes for this one. Um, Valtteri Bottas takes the win and honestly in my opinion it seems like he came from 16th sliced through the field twice and took a commanding win but he kind of just waltzed it and he acted like he was i don't know a lot more of yeah. a chip on your shoulder than i think he should have with this one you want to take it yeah absolutely this is what i wanted to talk about mainly in this podcast is that look i think if you look at his performances he was in a fortunate situation because of what happened with Lewis, but obviously he did a phenomenal job in terms of controlling the pace. He had the pace. He, even at the beginning of the race, when Lewis was on stops and he had the tire advantage, Walter, he yep. never really lost, lost it, let's say, right? Lewis started to push towards his pit stop and then he maybe extended the lead over two seconds, but it was never as if, you know, Lewis was breaking away like he usually does. So Walter, he did a good job. Great no, win. Oh. Valtteri was setting purple sectors on the way to that. As <laughs> yeah. well. he, he was genuinely, you know, like in command of the car and the situation. Yeah. But, you know, so but he, you know, he did a good solid. Um, you know, it was a good solid win. You know, like it wasn't like oh, just because Hamilton got his penalty, right? Which yeah. on time, if you look at the timing, even if you add the ten seconds back, he still finished about thirteen seconds ahead of Hamilton. You know, so that does say something, right? You know. But, but the the main point is he is in the dominant car, in one of the most dominant cars in the uh, in the history of the sport. This yeah. is what was supposed to happen. The most dominant this team happened. as well. The most dominant yeah. team, not just the car. Because yeah. for him, then to yeah, you know, he got a good win. You know, got eleven points on Lewis. He's still uh, over forty points, forty-four points behind Lewis. And but the guy acts as if he just won the championship. I just find that so amazing. I just find it so funny. Um, the fact that you know I didn't hear him talk shit on the radio after he fucked it up totally in Monza where he should have won. I didn't hear him shit on the radio after after Tuscan uh, Grand Prix when when uh, he had two opportunities to get Lewis and he fell back uh, um, uh, behind Ricardo at one point. There was no talking shit on radio at that point, right? And now he wins one race out of, what, 10 or however many races he's had. 
He's been nowhere all season. He's been beaten by Max so many times in a, in a totally inferior Red Bull. And he mm-hmm. comes out and, and, and I understand that sometimes, you know, you're frustrated by some of the results. You're frustrated by, by the way the season is going. Well, and then yesterday, yeah. yesterday but, he but did to... make, yeah. I mean, after qualifying, he, you know, um, uh, what, he said something on the team radio. Uh, after qualifying, it was it was almost like why me kind of thing, you know. It was. Yeah, but I don't know exactly what he, he was, said, but yeah. But he Sorry? was awful in the qualifying. Let's be yeah. honest, he was awful yeah. in the qualifying. Uh, Max once again had his number, and again in a much inferior Red Bull. Mm. And and but yeah, of course you did a good job. You you won the race. All fine. You're still 44 points behind. There is no indication whatsoever that this is the start of. Uh, of uh, let's say uh, a, a recovery, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lewis is still the, by far the better driver. It's still Lewis's team, and you're still struggling in the qualifying. You still needed Lewis to get an unfortunate penalty to get to the point where you got today. You know, you still had to to, to be behind Verstappen in the qualifying. Ba- and yeah, basically, he 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 benefited from two things. One, uh, yesterday in qualifying. Obviously, because Hamilton, yep. Hamilton's tire strategy was completely thrown out the window. Okay, in Q2 with that, you know, um, crash from uh, Seb when the session was red flagged. So Mercedes had to react. They had no other choice because you know what? Well, it was 1.25 seconds before the lights turned red in Q2. Otherwise, Hamilton would have even made it to Q2, right? Yeah. I mean, Q3. Sorry, Q3. So um, you know. It's only when, like, I'm totally with you on this. It's only when Hamilton has, a, you know, a mishap. Not a failure, but, like, a mishap. You know, a things problem. don't go as yeah. Whereas with, you know, and I, and I know this is going to piss off a lot of people, but with Rosberg or someone strong like that, <laughs> it was it was just like, okay, you're going to set a purple time, I'm going to set a purple time. You're going to You're going to take that corner this fast, I'm going to take it. Uh, you know, a kilometer an hour faster than you. It was yep. genuinely hammer and tongs between the pair of them. Right? Well, even he, even uh, with Fettel when Ferrari in what seventeen eighteen, like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. just felt like you know it was a tug of war. Yeah, and it, it was, was like, it okay. was between two great drivers, and you know, okay, you're going to put your car here, I'm going to put mine here. It just seemed very competitive, and that's what mm. we talked about in. Uh, yeah. I forget if it was I mean, one of the podcasts that that the one that got deleted, but Botas just he talks a lot of smack and there's not a lot of backing up and he does it situationally. So yeah, yeah. he'll talk he'll talk all this shit when he wins when Hamilton has a 10 second penalty, but you know or he, a wrong tire strategy or whatever yeah. you know or a combination of both. And yeah. I get he's trying to dig down deep and it's all about finding motivation and doing that whole. That whole smell. It's a sport, so you need self motivation. If you don't have self motivation, you're not a good competitive uh, no, driver, exactly. sportsman, whatever. Mm. But it just seems all a very, a lot. It seems very fake, and it seems very artificial, mm. and it just honestly unnecessary. I don't. I liked. I liked the whole, to who it may concern. Fuck you. What was it yeah. last year? Yeah. No. You know, no. Yeah. No. It was in. Uh, 
Yeah, it was last yeah, year. Yeah, it was last year. Last year. Yeah, and because yeah, there was yeah. there was this Australia. thing like, oh, he can't he can't compete with Hamilton. So there was critics throughout the whole off season. So yeah, yeah. it seemed warranted. But this one, it's just like you're it's this like one he's was reading it from a script. It was it no, was no no this this one was literally a reply to an internet troll. I mean seriously, you look he re- even uh, Karun and Crofty made a point about it. <laughs> as to as to him replying to to that person and and yeah you know the fact that he actually got triggered by an internet troll right to say that come on you know yeah hey, you gotta can take I, it out I, of the equation man yeah go for it Tom's. and just just a quick point on this one first of all i totally agree with you guys and there are two things that i want to say uh first of all the, the whole you know this radio message i do agree it, it does come off as fake and it's sort of sort of you know scripted in a way because you know there is no if you look at the the whole season his performances don't warrant this kind of reaction whatsoever that's oh, yeah. point number one oh, yeah. number yeah. two and, and more importantly uh if if you're you know if, if it was something that was even if it wasn't triggered by the comments on instagram even if it if it was just something that he decided to do after having a four run of four yeah. Like if if you're if you're gonna talk shit when you're 44 points behind when you when you won one race in a like two races but like don't, both of those wins have been re- really far apart you're in a dominant car you're you're nowhere near in the championship you've been struggling all year and then you're gonna pick this one pick pick out this one win and, and start talking shit uh, what are you going to do when the pressure really hits the fan? Like come Bahrain or Abu Dhabi when you're like really close to the, close in the championship. Like if you're gonna if, if if you're gonna get triggered by something on Instagram or on Twitter, or if you're just gonna over celebrate one victory when you're still like 40 points behind, then you have a lot bigger problems in your way than Lewis Hamilton. I'm sorry, and and it's just I I, I found it so hilarious, but not in a good way. I just found yeah. like that, yeah. it was it, this cringe. this reaction today. Yeah. Showed me more than anything, this guy is not ready mentally to ever fight for a championship. This reaction told me that he's not there. He's not Nico. He's 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 not uh, name whoever. He's not you know forget about like like real champions like he's like not Neil, even Seb Lonto, or like Seb yeah like it's, he's just he's just not on that level. It's a good win. It was a great win. It was a, it, it was a, a reason to be joyful. Absolutely. But to, to to do that whole thing, no, nah, man, no, no, not for me anyway. No, all right. Let, let me let me pose you guys something, okay? All right. We know Hamilton is still the highest penalty point person until um, Turkey, okay? Mm-hmm. So we got what uh, th- four races? Well, three races between now and Turkey. One, okay. two, three. Yeah. It, yeah, we've got three. We've got the Nurburgring. We've got um, uh, Port. No, we've got Nurburgring, Imola, and Portugal. Or is it Nurburgring, Portugal, and Imola? Um, I'll look it up. Go, go, go. For okay, it. but say for example, right? Hamilton somehow picks up another two reprimands. Okay, between now and Turkey. Okay, and then he has to miss out the um, Turkish Grand Prix. Okay, essentially, Bottas, do you reckon that he will, you know, take the opportunity? And grab it and run with it. Yes or no? Say, for example, because the ban will come. Okay, Let, let's not beat about the bush, right? 
it's 2020, right? Shit will happen, right? We've got a race at the <laughs> Nürburgring in the freezing cold coming up, right? If Hamilton gets a DNF or gets a race ban, do you guys think Bottas will maximize? No. No. You know why? You know why? Because he's already had opportunities this year to, to get a few more points over Hamilton, and he's fucked them up. <laughs> yep, exactly. No, I, 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 I mean, I, I think um, I, I, the one person that will maximize will Max. be Max Verstappen. Yes, exactly. Yep. You know, so uh, I, you I know, agree. I always, I always thought that. Yeah, I always thought that this, this title, if there was going to be a title fight, was going to be between Max and Lewis. Yep. And Botas is just this constructor driver that's just going to pick up points <laughs> yeah. where he can. So, so essentially, and I'm not saying these results aren't bad. No. These results aren't bad. I mean, I, it kind of seems like this, you know, the way we're talking about it, it seems like, you know, he's picking up ninth every weekend. But the no. thing is, it's just consistently mediocre. And I just, Given the car and the equipment. Exactly. And, the and it's just, you can't. You know, you can make the defense. Oh, it's you know, it's Lewis's team. It's Lewis's car. You've been there for what? Mm. This will be fourth year. Fourth year. Yep. Yeah. There's no excuse now. The car, the car is the best on the grid. The car was the is the best on the grid now. It was the best last year, and it was one to two the two years that he was uh his first couple years in it. Mm. And it was the best. It was consistently the best second half of the season car for those two years. So mm. I don't think, I just don't think there's any excuse. And the whole thing just seems like a big marketing ploy that just seems so cringe and out of place. And I'm just, I'm kind yeah. of, I'm over Botas. I, I don't, I'm not gonna say I've given up on him, but in terms of winning a title with Mercedes, you need to be. I mean, all right, if you want to look at winning a title. There. If you want to look at winning a title, right, look at F2 this year, okay? Mick Schumacher is running away with the title at the minute, okay, because of one thing and one thing alone, consistency, right? Yep. That's it. But he doesn't – that's the thing is Botas has consistency, but he doesn't have – he can't pull it out. No, the the consistency, as in like, consi- first of all, you need to be you, you need to be in it to win it. Okay, that's the main point of consistency. Well, it's like but a, then also seeing your opportunities and seizing them, right? Yeah, it's like that, a clutch. It's a clutch gene, is what they always yeah, say. Yeah. In like, I I watch with basketball. It's a clutch gene. Can mm. you perform when you have the opportunity to, you know, take it to a, another level? And if the opportunity presents itself like it did Gasly this year, yep. perfect yep. opportunity, and he sees the moment. I yep. just don't think Botas has that, and that's 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 kind of literally the open goal that he needs, right? I mean, he yeah today I mean, Sir, he had the Sergio open... Ramos Ramos is it over the entire fucking crossbar? Like it's just, I just don't, <laughs> I, I don't, I just don't see, um. That one, I don't see the whole action that he did with today, and I just don't see him winning it. That's that's the bottom line. I, we don't yeah. have to sit here and bash him anymore with it. I just think it's kind of, you know. Yeah. Well, let's let's say this one. Let, let's say this. It's up to him now to back up the back up those stalls. If he goes yeah. out now and performs, then nobody will say anything. But if he comes in, in Nurburgring and it's, he's like again like fourth or fifth. Then it's back to square one, which it's more likely that that's going to happen than the opposite. 
So Yeah, I mean, the other thing about Nürburgring, because anything could happen, I mean, it looks like one of those races where literally George Russell might have the opportunity to win, okay? I mean, it, it can come down to that. If, for example, for argument's sake, Hamilton goes off, right? DNFs, okay? If Bottas doesn't win it, and it's another Gasly win or something like that, and Bottas finishes second on the podium, right? I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry. That's so. That is literally over the crossbar kind of yeah. moment, you know. He, he should be there to capitalize and you know, you know, uh, take the opportunities as and when they come. So it's like, yeah, okay, because the Nurburgring, let's be honest, it's got gravel traps. It's an old school circuit, kinda, right, with a with a modern twisty bit and everything. And I'll be there. Okay, don't know how bloody cold it'll be, but I'm, I'm, I've been told because of what happened this weekend at the Nürburgring with the Nürburgring 24 hours, um, take all your winter clothes with you, you know, so so there is that element as well. So that's something to look forward to, but we'll, we'll touch on that later. But um, how, Bottas really needs to maximize it now. He's OK, fine. If he's generally saying he's proved his critics, critics wrong and everything like that. I wouldn't settle for anything less than a win from him next time out. Right. Yep, exactly. Um, I guess kind of moving along, uh, let you guys pick what we tackle next. Do we want to continue the negativity? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, of course uh, not. No. I guess get it all out of the way. Um, Alex Albon. Oh, Jesus. Tenth. Can I start this one too? Yeah, you can go, go for on it. Ten, ten, tenth <laughs> with a gearbox. Well, it was a gearbox penalty change, right? So yeah, he, yeah. he starts. He starts from the back. Um, harder, I guess, a harder track to overtake. But no, well, the yeah. thing is, the Red Bull has got the Honda engine, and he was over trying to get past people with a Mercedes engine. Yeah, well, well, well no, I, I got, a, I got a response for that. But go 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 for it, Tom's. No, it's just once again uh, when when he got that podium in Mugello, you know, my first reaction was yeah, it was a great podium, it's a good result. Obviously, he finally got it, but it yeah, it, it broke his duck. Yeah, it took like what like seventeen, eighteen races for him at Red Bull. It took Max a DNF. It took Lance Stroll a DNF. It took two red flags. You know, it, it, he he got it done. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it, it it took some special conditions for it to manifest. But my first my first reaction was this: everybody was talking about, well, well, now 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 we'll see Alex Albon. Uh, my reaction was, well, let's see him in in a more conventional weekend. Let's see how he responds. And uh, what do you know? Uh, he gets out qualified by Pierre Gasly. Uh, mm-hmm. In uh, Alpha Tauri, and you know, how many you times was he fight. fighting with Gasly today? He was all the time fighting with Gasly, and, and <laughs> exactly. they both did two. They 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 both did two pit stops, and then you know Gasly, the, he it was kind of mind boggling why he decided to pit again, but then he 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 did a fantastic job, you know, got by both Norris who was on really all tires, but then he also got Albon with with no big problems really, and. You know, it's back to square one. I mean, we're not we're, we're past the point of comparing comparing him to Max because it's, there's no comparison. Okay, it's, it's just it's just two different galaxies. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, but it's really I think frustrating. You know, Red Bull and Christian Corner they can say all all they want about how it's 
all media manifested, uh, manufactured uh, pressure, how, it, how Alex is doing a great job. He's constantly getting beat by the guy who, was who he replaced in an inferior car. He's still struggling with the qualifying. He's still struggling with, with, with getting uh, the races going in the first part of the race. He's pretty good at the second part of the race when the cars are lighter, but he's still mm -hmm. struggling at the beginning of the race. Uh, you know, the whole, you know, Verstappen is miles away all the time. Uh, he's struggling against, you know, inferior cars. He's struggling against the guy who, who, uh, who he replaced. It's, he's still going to be at Red Bull next year. I have no doubt about that, but it's interesting how he still doesn't have a contract for Red Bull for next year. Uh, but it's just not a good look in my opinion. And I think, I think, and I'm, I, I do think he's a great guy, and I, I do like him as a person. But I, I do think that what we saw today is what he really is at Red Bull, and what we saw at Tuscan Grand Prix is more of an anomaly of what he is at Red Bull. Uh, as unfortunate well, as it may Grand be, Prix was a one-off anyway. Unless yep, they... yep. Yeah. And and I do like him, and I hope, and I, you know, if he proves me wrong, no problem. But judging from what I've seen over these nearly 20 weeks from him at Red Bull, it's, I don't really see the, the things that are being talked about, uh, talked about, uh, about him because it's one thing to say things. It's another thing to actually see what is going on and, 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 and performance was just like with Walter. It's one thing to talk shit. It's another thing to back it up consistently. And I think it's a similar problem in some ways with Albert. I know it's difficult, but I, I, I just don't see the hype, to be honest. So that would be my two cents. Go ahead, guys. Well, Albon, well, for, from a marketing perspective, right, having, the, having him there in that second seat at Red Bull isn't a problem because, you know, he's Thai and Red Bull have Thai connections because that's where it yeah. originally came from, right? So... For them, that's a good thing, you know, representation, you know, diversity. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go down that route again, but no. Um, point is, um, he, he's, he's kind of in the same boat as Bottas, if you know what I mean, in the sense yeah. of like, he's, he's kind of good enough, but unfortunately for him, Gasly's better. At Toro Rosso, oh, sorry, at Alpha Tauri. Okay, he can't handle the environment at Red Bull. Fine, but he's a clear number one at Alpha Tauri. Okay, and with talks of Yuki Tsunoda coming in, they need Gasly there, so they can't put him there. But at the same time, where does Albon fit in on all this? Right, they could replace him out with Sergio Perez. Apparently, they're thinking about that. So, okay, but with Albon, okay, sorry. Hulkenberg would be a great fit at Red Bull. Oh, God, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that whole German-Austrian German thing going on there, yeah. But, um, um, no, with Albon, he really needs to be right behind Max. You know, if it's Mercedes, Red Bull, Mercedes, there should be another Red Bull right there, right? And that mm -hmm. should be Albon, you know? Because remember a couple of years ago, it used to be like that. Mercedes, Red Bull, Mercedes, Red Bull, or Mercedes, Ferrari, Mercedes, well, Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull. That's how it used to be. You know, the top three were always there. You had the 
you had the number one drivers or the team leaders or whatever you want to call them, you know, against each other. And then you had the, the effective number two drivers against each other as well. So, you know, all three teams were taking points off of each other. The minute Albon's not there, he should be right. He should be backing Max well, up. Right. You know, my, and, my whole thing with that is I think the field has condensed. And I think – and the field is a lot younger than it used to be, Mm -hmm. and I just think there's – it's a lot more competitive in that sense. Um, Renault's actually come a a long way this year. They look like they were going to go the opposite way. They've Mm. really kind of found their stride. Just as Daniel Ricciardo's leaving. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, and McLaren's doing the same thing, so I'm not worried about that in that other sense. And Mm. that's – the other driver he's fighting with the entire time was Lando Norris. Yeah, that was and George Russell as well. So exactly. they were they were back to being Twitch streamers. You but know? but and Alphatari is looking amazing um, as well these last few races. I just yeah. and that was my whole defense with you know he's fighting Mercedes engines because I mean he he, he wasn't at that point because you have the Alphatari you have Renault the only four Mercedes that are or what three Mercedes that are there are one three and four which is botas hamilton and perez because mm. you know stroll got was out and well george Lund. russell was in the mix for a bit as well remember yeah, he had a bit that's, of... that's true but i mean i'm, I'm kind of going to see as the race envelope he, he was a yeah. lap down in 18th so yeah um but i just feel like he as tom's kind of went that he's he's obviously not at the level of max and he's but is he close enough that's the question i don't know because this this is whole like my whole follow-up to all this is where does red bull go from here because they have max that's fine you have interchangeable drivers with uh kafiat gasly and albon and And you know sonoda coming in as well sonoda the possibility of sonoda which i think Again, Sonoda is extremely talented if you watched F2 this year, but they don't have a clear number two, and I'm not expecting this number two. It doesn't have to be 2016 where it's uh, you know one, two, and three teams mm. because I just don't think that's the environment that F1 is in right now. I think it's a lot more competitive in the top ten than it was five years ago, but – He's sitting here in no man's land. You would think he would at least put himself up to sixth. You know, yes. that was going to be the goal. You're yes. starting at the rear. You need to get fifth or sixth. You need to do damage restriction in case Hamilton doesn't get the podium or get the penalty. Mm. Because if he doesn't get the penalty, you're looking. You're possibly looking at another Mercedes one too, and you're not making a dent in any of that. Yeah. Max yeah. did his job. And mm-hmm. it just consistently, Albon isn't doing his, and he's being showed up by Gasly. I yeah. don't know if it's worth the swap again, because I just don't see that. I, well, I, just I, don't th- see... I think Red Bull are too arrogant to actually swap again. Yeah. No, I don't think it, I don't think Kvyat's ever getting his seat back. I don't, and I don't know if I don't think Gasly will either. But. Mm. Um, well, Kvyat's pretty much out the door uh, at the end of this year. You know, yeah, but I, I'm surprised they didn't announce Sonoda this weekend. Well, obviously, I'm not surprised because this is a Russian Grand Prix, but still, you know. Um, but, yeah, but I think, you know, we, we, we touched about it, too. I think it was the podcast that was 
believe that Gasly's future needs to probably be at, you know, like Renault. Um, mm. He needs to kind of make a stride for himself, kind of like uh, Science did. But for Albon, he's he's really not take again. He's not taking advantage of the opportunity. It seems, and I just okay. being being caught up in the pack fighting Russell, and I, this is not against Russell at all. No, no. But it's a Williams man. Like that, he needs to be within the top ten. I think more easily. Than I think he is, and it just seems like we gave Gasly all the shit last year mm. for being eighth every fucking Grand Prix, mm. and, and being same, lapped as well. At, yeah, and at, then we're at, seeing at this. Yeah, and we're <laughs> seeing the same thing. Is you know where is it? Mm. That's, uh, that's my one minute thirty-seven point like... eight behind leader. Yeah, he was the only. He was the last driver that wasn't lapped. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just. But kind basically, of, he was lapped. Yeah. yeah, essentially. So it just seems very underwhelming. And I really that's this is I brought it up before we started recording. I really wish Greg was on because he's he's a big Albon supporter. I bet he would have a good good argument for this. But and we'll bring it up when he's on. But next Andrew, time, but Andrew, to me it's very underwhelming. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, but it's, uh, just to follow, uh, just. To supplement your point, that's exactly what you just said. It's like, I, I don't think you can really defend this, this situation because, like, the exact, well, not exactly the same thing, but, but for the most part, the same things that got, uh, Gasly out of the Red Bull seat are now exactly what are happening with, with, with Albin. And this whole shit that I was hearing about in the, in the first part of the season about, well, he could have won the race in Austria and, 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 and or, or, or won or been on a podium in Brazil last year. It's like, yeah, but he did it. Like, he messed it up. And, and it wasn't all his fault, but it, he was also culpable in both of those incidents with Hamilton. And, and then, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Like, like you said, he's, he's, when, when Max is on the, uh, fighting for podiums every single weekend, uh, this guy, you know, Albert, he can't get behind, uh, past the Williams. You know, it's, it's, I just it's exactly. I would like to see him in the top five position a lot more than seeing him fighting for points place. You know, and I get, yeah, I get fighting through the field. I, yeah, I get fighting through the field. I get it's the Russian Grand Prix, and I get there is factors to go with it. And mm. you don't know what's released. I don't. You know, Red Bull might go and say tomorrow that you know we're having technical issues and whatnot, and that might be true. But it mm. just seems like it's way too consistent. That he's not, you know, fighting for a podium. You would think that he was going to be fighting for a podium. And the only saving grace he might have, honestly, is because he didn't get dropped first. And Gasly had to take the fall. Mm, because yep. I, are they are they really going to do it again for him? And what what do you, who do then who do you bring up? You're not going to bring up Sonoda if he no. does start with uh, AlphaTauri in mm. a Red Bull seat. And I just don't see Red Bull bringing in somebody, uh, you know, veteran-based. I think they want to de develop for the future and to put somebody else in to just kind of be a standing, I know, a standing spot for a well, year. Well, there, there is the option with, with um, either Hulk or... Um... I just don't see it happening. I don't see that. That is just not the, o the only driver that they've signed... Mm -hmm. That was a vet. Weber. 
was Weber. Weber. And it was because the team was very new and they need someone to help develop and they need a counterbalance to this, you know, uh, the Red Baron that, well, you can't say that. But I'm just saying, Fettel. Mm. You know, you had this kind of unhinged, hungry, young driver. You needed a counterbalance for it. You needed consistency. You needed wins and he almost won a title on of his own but that's the only time you've had a veteran driver everybody else has been young and that is their philosophy so i just, i don't see it happening but i don't where do you go from here because but obviously this... albon's not i mean do you do do you do another half of the season then you throw sonoda in if he's wiping uh the floor with gasly i don't know they just seem like a one-driver team right now, and it's consistently hurt them the last few seasons. Well, that, but that's that's the interesting part here is because because exactly like where do you go from here? Because you you you, you whatever they say in the public eye, it's one thing, but uh, you know Albon is not getting it done. It, it's just a fact. It, it's not getting it done whatsoever. Like if they were in a if if they had a championship winning car, you know, Max would be all the time all alone. They would have no opportunity to, to fight for the constructors championship. Mercedes would be able to blitz Max every single every single race because they would be two two against one all the time. It's it, it's really a problem, you know. I think the fact that Red Bull are so much behind Mercedes. And the fact that Red Bull have had their problems of their own with the balance of the car and everything at the beginning of the season, I think that's kind of let Albon off the hook more because the team can always find excuses about the things like, you know, our car is not really there at the moment. But if the car was really good and if they would really be in a championship fight right now, it, it, it would make things so much worse. And, you know, maybe they found, you know, maybe they improved the car for next year in some ways and, and they are closer to Mercedes, or they have more races where they can really use that second car. You know, it's not going to help you a lot if Albon is performing the way he is right now. And then you have to wonder, wouldn't it make sense to bring somebody like a Nico Hulkenberg, who, uh, who is experienced, who, who, who would get along with Max presumably pretty well, wouldn't it make sense for them to, to bring somebody like that up? Because at the moment, if you have a championship winning car or championship potential car, it would be very difficult because Max would be all the time all alone. So it's they're in the tricky spot. Yeah. Um I I yeah, I definitely agree. Um let's go more of a positive note. It has happened it's been a while over a week now for sure, maybe a couple uh but Fettel signing with Aston Martin. Nice. Um, the the other the other driver is going to be Stroll. Um I don't know if that's been yet confirmed or not, but Fettel to Aston Martin. So, a big player has made a move. Mm. And I mean, a brand new I I guess you can say a brand new team. It is a partial, you know, takeover. It's a branding thing, but Fettel starting fresh with a new team. What are y'all's thoughts for that? Did they, again, I think you can't go wrong with it being, you know, is, is that the right choice or not? I think you're picking up, they're lucky to be picking up a, uh, 
you know, driver of that caliber. Well, the thing is, it's it's more to do with um, Racing Point or Aston Martin F1, as they're officially going to be known as, need a driver with who's got the capabilities of fighting up front, okay, and are going for championships, okay. And there's only one person at the minute who's got that, right, and who's still available, which is Vettel. Okay, so they're basically doing a massive coup. They're a brilliant, uh, they're a brilliant team. Okay, having, you know, seen them in their guise when they changed from um, uh, Force India, Fast India, as I like to call them, right, to uh, Racing Point that very weekend when I was there in their garage, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so I know how I, I, I firsthand know how they operate. They are, you know, plus with the budget restrictions coming in, they're they're the team that basically pound for pound gets more out of the what they got than any other team you know so there won't be any of these silly mistakes that we're currently seeing with ferrari and vettel and the frustration vettel will be able to do his job that he's paid for which is to drive fast and lead the team and move them forward as opposed to constantly dictating the strategy or, you know, being a mechanic or whatever it is, you know, that kind of thing. So for Vettel, it's it's the right environment where he could just get on with his job and do the best and deliver the best. It's a pick-me-up for him. I think it's a brilliant decision. And not only that, having a four-times world champion, right, and the name Aston Martin together, you know, it's it's genius move, you know, it, you know. That's that's what it is. Well, I I, I wholeheartedly agree, and I think it's I, I think it's uh, I, li- I like this move because it works on two levels. The, the first level is what you just mentioned, Raz, with the with the whole marketing perspective and the whole you know brand exposure type of deal. But I think another another thing that is very important is that you know if you look at Racing Point right now, they are a team coming up. You know, they're 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 bracing for the new rules in 2022. You know, they, they will have some resources. They will be Aston Martin. You know, they have very ambitious management. Lawrence Stroll with Osmar Staffnauer and, uh, and all those guys. But, you know, they, they haven't got that, that, that experience to, you know, fight for race wins, first of all, fight for championships. And they, as good, as great as Sergio is, he isn't really that driver. And, and Lance. Sergio is, is a solid driver. That's the problem. It's right? a solid. Yeah. He's, he's a solid driver, but he hasn't got that killer instinct that if, edge you know that edge that yeah. that you know multi 21 proved how much of an edge um uh, seb's got you know the fact that he went out of his way to say right if yeah. i want to win this title i'm gonna do it now i don't care and he went on to do it and that's it and, right? you know and that that edginess has a positive and negative aspect of it obviously. No, I know, it's that ruthlessness that's what you need you know yeah. all champions you know i mean hamilton's done it plenty of times right and that's yeah. why he won those titles you know against rosberg you know he, he yeah. you know shift him shift him out a few times a bit wide in 2015 and whatnot you know um you have to have that needle and that edge but um so yeah i think the fact that um and not only that he's going to be the essentially the clear number one there Okay. Yeah. Because even Lance Stroll him himself, he basically said, "Look, mate, <laughs> I'm more than happy to play second fiddle here." All right. You know, essentially he said that. You know, and um, yeah, you know, he get it, it. It's it's it makes 
absolute sense because all the other big teams, right? I say that, but there's only one team that I'm talking about. Mercedes, they, even though they don't say it, but everyone kind of knows it. They've got a, they've got a lead driver. I'm going to say this in the most politically correct way possible. Right? They've got a lead driver. Okay. Who goes out for the wins and the championships. And they've got a second driver who backs him up. Right. For when he can't take the wins and the points and everything like that. So essentially they've got a strong package like that. And that is what was missing at Ferrari for the last few years, you know, because remember you had Kimi and Seb, right? They should have just laid out the law then that, okay, fine. Kimi and Seb, whoever's of you is in the lead by a certain point of time, you know, in, in the season, that's it. You're de facto number one, right? But Ferrari kept, Arriva Bene kept doing this whole thing about loyalty, right? And they scuppered the Italian Grand Prix in 2017 or 2018, wasn't it? When with the whole um, toe and qualifying. the slipping, and they, yeah, qualifying thing and all these other things, and and then Singapore, you know, my goodness, you know, that was <laughs> that that was a that Singapore 2017. They could have won that race and won the title. Yeah. Yeah. That that was the thing that cost them the title, right? All they had to do was tell Kimi to like, right, whatever happens, don't get in Seb's way. Boom, that's it, you know. So if Seb was covering off Max, Kimi should have just backed out of it, and that's it, and then get him later because they knew that at that point in time their engine was better, right? They could have just you know, and plus it's wet and everything like that. So yeah, you know, it's. It's all these team mistakes, which is basically why Seb has had enough, you know. Well, that my follow-up was going to be. And he's dejected, and and it, it's it's like it's like when you you know when I don't know if you guys have had it, but you know when you're at a job and you're just like, yeah, I've had enough of this job, right? You love what you do, but you had enough of the people you work with, right? You do move on. It's just that, and then you do much better. In your new, well, in even if it is exactly the same position that you apply for, but because the environment is different, you know, it's going to give him. A, I think it's going to ha- give him a reinsurgence at this yeah. point of his career. Because I mean, he's he's on the other side of thirty. Uh, he's, you know, he, he, he. I guess he dabbled with you know retirement, and Ferrari's just it's not looking good for the future. So time is running out, kind of deal. And I know he wants a, another title. So, I mean, this is a good resurgence, and, you know, you have the possibility of getting a team that has consistently done a lot with a little, and, you know, I I just, I honestly, I really think that this could be the, an opportunity for him to win his fifth title. Yeah. And I think, I think the team, if he's not going to go with, you know, Red Bull or Mercedes, I think this is probably his best opportunity because mm. the team looks strong. I feel like with his leadership. He won't have to worry be, about yeah. engine development because they're a customer. So, you know, they're getting right. pretty. It could really push them over the edge. And, you know, you look at this to another standpoint, it's going to set him up for the future, even if it doesn't work out. Mm. And. Um, like what happened with Michael Schumacher when he made his return with Mercedes, yeah. Right, yeah. right. You you have you have that veteran presence, mm. and it's only going to be good for Stroll. And yeah. He takes. I I'm not the biggest fan of the kid, 
I don't like the whole situation with, you know, ownership and driver right there. Mm. But he is talented. And I don't think there's any, you know, argument that having Fettel as some sort of mentor or even to look to compete against someone of that caliber is only going to be beneficial to Stroll because he's going to have to compete against Fettel. He's going to have to, you know, attempt to keep his seat with Fettel because he's going to be embarrassed otherwise if he can't. And I think that's a, it's a very good position for him to be in and that means the team's future looks even brighter. So I, mm. I think we mentioned before on our predictions of where a racing point could be this year. I think it was Tom's you made a big prediction that they could, you know, be a top three constructor in this uh, title this year. Now, I don't know if that's still going to occur. It's looking like probably a possibility of not more than it actually happening because what they're at 92 points so that may they're 14 out of third place but i mean it's still possible and it's they're looking good the car is definitely competitive so yeah i think good good i just agree good signing all around um Mm. was there anything else you guys wanted to mention before we start signing off here um usual russian grand prix i suppose you know a few incidents here and there um better than better than the huge yeah 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 yeah. i mean the huge yeah the The huge is usually just brain dead no the huge is basically you you're having your lunch okay you're watching the first few laps you had your lunch okay you're still watching and you fall asleep on the sofa that's the huge right that's basically what happens. And then you only realize when something's that. I mean, all right, I'll be honest with you, mate. Yesterday, up until Q2, right, up until that moment where Crofty screamed uh, when Seb went off, I actually dozed off in Q1. <laughs> That's how bad it Dude, was. I, I hate – I mean, I, I will say that I don't want to go and, you know, we do – I don't think we spread negativity. I think we're critical. No, but no, I'm not being negative. I'm not being no, negative. No, no, not I'm, you. I'm, I'm saying I'm like in general. Yeah, I know. I'm asleep, right? No, when I just I'm... say in general, though. I fucking hate this trap. Yeah, no, thankfully, thankfully, right? Guess what? This is the last year at this venue. All right. Which is, which is fine. fine. I mean, I, I get it. I Maybe that's a bit harsh, but I just... If this is the an exciting Russian Grand Prix, this is bad. Like I just yeah. think the track is one of those. It's too fabricated. There's not. There's. There's no character. I mean, good on for, you know, the drivers and teams making it somewhat yeah. of a spectacle and competitive. But it's just a snooze fest. We'll have oh. Germany to look forward to. So that's always a plus. Yeah, yeah, and I'm actually going to be there. I, I I still don't know whether I'm going to be a scrutineer or I'm going as a fan. All right. Either way, I've covered myself off. I I doubt it because remember, I applied for it a bit late. They did get back to me saying, "Oh, well, we're not sure yet, right? But we'll let you know, right?" But knowing that it's 2020, I've just paid 400 euros. Okay. <laughs> what, what what would happen is, I bet you tomorrow morning I'll get an email saying, "Oh, congratulations! Can you please make sure you're available for the weekend for scrutinizing duties?" So it's like, right, okay, 400 euros. 400 euros right, for a one-off event. I'm not going to miss it, but yeah, you know. Um, if yeah, that does Tom, happen... I'll... 
Tom's you busy? <laughs> I'll have to sell the fucking tickets. You know. Yeah, so. Tom, Tom's you busy? You want to go? I Not would. I would, far. but then, then I'll let then you I know. I'd have to come back to Latvia and then spend like 10 or 14 days in quarantine. But that that would be worth it. That would be worth yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, just the possibility of your career, you know, being yeah. put at risk. That, it's right like, as I'm ready, just in case. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, fair enough. You'll be in the Mercedes-Benz grandstand, by the way. You know, Fuck so, yeah, um, I love it. Yeah, you know, so you, you get to see the first corner, okay. I'll you bring know, my Nico Rosberg. I'll bring my Nico Rosberg T-shirt. I'll be fanboying like hell. Yeah. Yeah, and just just make sure. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, as much as I love this championship to spice it up, I think, uh, I think one. Of, I I generally think Hamilton is going to have a DNF at the Nurburgring, right? Just for the sake of the championship to sign uh, to, you know, it's going to be a crazy race essentially, is what I'm trying to say, right? And I think so too. Bottas is, Bottas is going to prove us right by not winning it. <laughs> I don't know if I feel that. Okay, what do you think is going to Obviously, it is going to be a crazy race because the, the it is pissing it down, right? And, you know, winter is definitely here, right? And it's cold. It's so cold that I don't think they'll be able to use slicks. Think about it. You know degrees. What? Yeah, 11, yeah, I mean, and think about it, right? Because, you know... Uh, if you ever watched uh, winter testing, you know, a few seasons ago, when it was extremely cold, that even when it was dry, it was so cold, they had to use the wets. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Right. I think we might get something along those lines at the Nürburgring. I mean, it was bloody freezing well, to- uh, today and over the weekend. That's so. what the one thing that 2020 has blessed us with is a spectacular and unpredictable yeah. One schedule. Well, you say so, that, but so, the only thing predictable was the Russian Grand Prix, you know. Yeah, and it's done. So. <laughs> yeah. And they so, they yeah. did they did their job to, yeah. to get Hamilton out of that. I will say this though, thank God Hamilton didn't tie Schumacher in Russia. How underwhelming is that? Like I wanted to win at some substantial circuit. Mm. Russia would just be. I don't know. Just seems very. Uh, Dull. It'd be cool. It would be. I don't know. It'd be cool to have it happen at you know Nurburg or uh, Turkey. Do yeah. something. Just something nuts. But anyways, if that's all we got, I think we'll wrap it up here, and we'll get back to you guys next week. I think we're going to finally do. Uh, now I'm going to say this, and it's not going to happen. But we're going to uh, dabble into doing some video podcasts. So, might go back and forth with it, but expect that. So, that mm. will be put up on our YouTube channel. Uh, everything else will be on Anchor, Spotify. So, if you're downloading or listening to the podcast on there, it will be there as usual. And that's pretty much it. Stay safe, and we'll see what Germany brings us. Alrighty. All right, guys.